Watch in the day, black in the night Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who day we ignite in Cincinnati, we gon' rise in us In the jungle, we unite in us Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight, live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, everything day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, drippin' heat Tiger strike the city streets East side, stand up West side, stand up If you reppin' who day Time to put your hands up Dingle stripes, we in it New day, new age, yeah, we get it Cincinnati jungle fitted Who they in our house, we win it Orange and black and white, we build it Earn our stripes, you know we kill it Bleed our colors, jungle dripping Nasty natty, yeah, we live it Lit the crowd, get the city loud Yeah, we feasting now Fit the bounce, make the city howl Now we beastin' now Thunder through the tunnel From the sideline to the huddle Stripes, we tatted on the jungle When we flex that Who they muscle on Stripes Cincinnati, we gon' rise in the in the jungle we unite in the Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight Will they die in these stripes? Uh. Now who gotta move like it on? Welcome to the show. This is the early edition of the Strawberry Ice Show. So, since you found the show, do me a favor. Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are awesome. I'm up to 2,009 subscribers on YouTube. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to YouTube channel Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube chat crew, we're doing super chats. So if you have a question that you like to ask Shane Graham or you have some questions that you want Dale to, I would say, uncomfortably ask Shane because, you know, we got doing best friends here. We got Shane Graham coming on, which, you know, Dale says that's his best friend. Then Dale claims Clark Harris. So, I mean, I, I don't know. It could be a little weird. Anyway, give me a super chat. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. Also, you know, we got the Jackpot Joey stuff. Now, the Jackpot Joey website is still up, but the clothing part is down for right now because we are going to revamp it and redo it. But we have cigars and coffee and other things on there so we're still selling that on there and if you guys can't find what you want or whatever dm maddie myers on twitter or facebook and he will get get it to you and as always please go check out the delicious jackpot joey beer you know which i still gotta get some of the shame so he can have some but make sure you guys go check that out and of course we're brought to you by betfred betfred's gonna be uh legalized or gonna have legalized sports gambling here in this great state of ohio come january 1st Make sure you guys sign up at our links and uh, go make some bets, especially for the bet of the Cincinnati Bengals winning the Super Bowl. All right, let's get to this thing. Let's get to the crazy man first. Why are you bringing Jane on first? Because oh. I said crazy man. I oh, you're talking about me. Yes, 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 yes. The crazy okay. man. What's right, up? Let, let, what's up? How are you doing? I missed you. Well, a long, long time. Yeah, like yesterday. We, yeah, no, we, we've been doing nothing. Seems like yesterday. Yeah, it seems like it's been, it's been so long. I, I really miss you. 
Hey, is there, there something else we should be doing? I mean, are we just doing a show by ourselves? I think uh, we got my best friend, Shane Gray. Oh, your best friend. Oh, my yeah. What's up, Shane? How's it going? Good, man. Good. Look, you're all relaxing and chilling. I like that. <laughs> just uh, today, we got some bad weather up here in Michigan, so I'm just doing some administrative work for my business. So I get to uh, relax right now. Yeah, it's coming this way, dude. It's like I, like I tell you off air, it's going to rain and freeze and snow. And yeah, it's going to be fun. So I think everybody's uh, kind of stuck as uh, stuck in for the uh, for the night. At least you should be. Now, I, I want to get this out of the way before I forget. Now, my son, who I, I, I act like he's little, he's 22 and married, but he's upstairs right now watching the show. And he's like, Dad, he goes, you got to show Shane the thing. I was like, what thing is that? Uh-oh, like, that sounds dirty. Not that thing. This, the Shane Graham <laughs> bobblehead. See, I have one. In my man, it's in the ice cave. See, it's from Burger King, so it's a little. Gotta make sure the old Burger King bobblehead. You are immortalized. This is this is big time, Shane. That you are immortalized in the ice cave. I mean, this is this is. I don't. I mean, this is almost as cool as being Dale's best friend, but you know, I might be a little cooler. I'm not sure. Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? I I think one of one of the things about being uh, excuse me English. One of, one of the things about being Dale's best friend is, you know, like at some point he's probably going to put your jersey up on the wall behind you. And for some reason, I don't seem to see mine back there. I, I know that, that's that's so, weird. I mean, I I would think now, Shane, if I if I if you're my best friend, you know, I would have it all back here. You know, if the jackpot joy stuff would go down, I'd be Shane Graham up there, number seventeen. So you know, but I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not the best friend. It's, it's that guy right there. It's it's on the way. It, it's it's on a shipping cargo. Uh, boat from china <laughs> yeah now, now the thing is once that happens you, you gotta get you gotta get Shane to sign it then you have to have both of them right next to each other and then well right? I, i'd love to tell you that i could give you one but i think i uh i don't know that i have any that i haven't uh like had framed or that family doesn't have uh, available or i would have hooked you up okay that's fair you know <laughs> i don't i don't mind getting one you know for my best friend and uh <laughs> <laughs> going about it that way <laughs> all right shade so last time we we saw well, i didn't get to see it because i didn't make it up to to the restaurant in time but last time you were uh i think in town uh, at least for Bengals fans and was was the thursday night whiteout now i know the highlight of it was being all on with Bengals and brews we all know that but other than that how was that that game coming back to cincinnati it was awesome i mean uh it was, it was my first time ever really be getting to be a fan. Now, I had been to one other game, uh, not as a player, but they were kind of honoring some players at halftime, uh, some former players. So I kind of kept myself in sorts. You know, I didn't really get to tailgate. Um, you know, I didn't really get to, to let loose a little bit during the game. But for this game, I got to tailgate all day. I got to see my best friend before the game. Um, I, I got to be able to kind of walk around and see what tailgating is actually like. I've never, ever been able to do that. And, you know, not only the, the warm welcome that I had from so many of the people that I met that day, but the fun that I had, I mean, it, it was fun. And my wife, I had actually just taken her to a Virginia tech game the weekend before. So she comes in with me to this game as well. And, and we had even, you know, we, we had so much fun that she got to experience both of them. But the Bengals game, just the tailgates were different, you know, like it was just so much organized chaos, but yet 
very well put together with BTR and, and, you know, the, all the guys that I hung out with, um, it was just so much fun and being able to relax and just kind of let loose, you know, enjoy a couple adult pops and, you know, eat some skyline and, and everything that kind of went along that day and then enjoying the game, just walking into the stadium, going up the escalators, things I've never done before. Um, it made me really appreciate the game day experience for a fan. And then, you know, being able to have a few pops during the game uh, made it that much more fun. And then a couple pops after the game. <laughs> See, I would like to do the reverse. I'd actually like to enjoy the part that, that you got to do all the time. The, the, go up the escalator and tailgate. I got to do that many times. I, I like to experience that be on the field sometime. <laughs> well, well, listen, you know, I, I certainly understand how blessed and fortunate I was to be able to do what I did uh, for as long as I did. Even if it was just one time, I would have been, you know, very fortunate and blessed to have that. But uh, to have had the time to do it, um, I, I, I'll never take that for granted, and I'll cherish that forever. But it was really cool to be able to see, you know, what that product that I was a part of actually is for the fans, and, and right. to be able to be a fan and see that product was really cool. Exactly. Let's get to. It. We got a couple of comments here. Uh, Andrew says the man with the plan, 21 points against the Ravens, baby. Was that one of your, one of your best games ever? That that's definitely, uh, up there as far as a memorable game. I mean, you know, we, we had seven field goals with like, I don't know, four minutes left in the game, maybe even more. We actually could have kicked another one for eight, which would have been an NFL record. But, um, I believe Marv didn't want to, you know, Rub it in because I think we were up twenty-one to nothing. It's the Raptors, of course. You rub it in. <laughs> Should have. Should have done but uh, so we ended up not not kicking it, and then uh, you know, I think they got like a garbage touchdown at the, at the very end to kind of make it twenty-one to seven. But it it really was a twenty-one nothing game. But you know, the things I remember most about that game was we recovered a uh, we did we we practiced this what we call a sky pop up mortar. Uh, type kickoff where I kick the ball up in the air at, at an angle to where I'm hitting space on the field where they don't have a lot of coverage with their players. And we knew on film that if it was uh, uh, the up back that was deeper on the, on the opposite side of the field would only run forward. He would never back up to get a ball. And the returner was far enough out of position that it would be that awkward, like who's got it. I got it. You got it. I got it. You got it type situation. The ball hits the ground, we recover it. So I remember that. And then I remember how well our defense did and giving us field position. And even though we never scored touchdowns, our offense always got us close enough to kick field goals. Uh, Matt here, he's uh, Bengals of Bourbon. He said, uh, you know, after the game, the Thursday night game was icing on the cake. Yeah. Good Probably time, when yeah. you were allowed to enjoy the music and you didn't have the music trying to do an interview. Uh, <laughs> Dale, Dale's still upset about that. I'm not. I told Tony, I said, I'm not upset. I said it just kind of it was made it a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it turned out fine. Yeah. No, it, it was fine. It, you know, it is what it is. You improvise, uh, adapt, overcome, whatever the phrase is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now that, that brings me to, to another question I got, you know, cause you know, you always have to adapt and overcome when you're a kicker. And it's something that me and my son have talked about is going back to last year's game, the green Bay game where, or uh, Evan missed what, three of them and green Bay kicker missed three of them. 
uh, when you see another kicker miss a field goal or miss an extra point, does that can that get in your head? I mean, I think it can, but does that come to, to your mind like, oh crap, he missed one? You know, maybe I have to check the wind or, or whatever, or do you even pay attention to what the other kicker is even doing? Uh, you know, you try to use anything you can for your advantage. So when you see the way the ball is flying, but in the heat of the moment, I mean, you make your calculations the best you can, but you still have to execute. And when you have, you know, a, a, a strong wind, it's just sometimes you, the wind will gust at, gust at different speeds and you can never prepare for a wind that's sustained at 20 miles an hour, but gusts to 40 miles an hour. You just can't prepare for a wind that changes like that. But all you can do is try to hit the ball as clean as possible. The cleanest rotation gives the ball the best chance to cut through the wind. Uh, too much spin or wobble, and you get too much uh, surface friction with the air. So you try right. to cut that down and just hit it as clean as possible. But in the long run, that's what you're always trying to do is, is hit the ball the best way possible. So uh, it's all a matter of just execution. Uh, Andrew here uh, says here. Now, I don't. Is this accurate? I don't remember who, who was after you. No. I, don't, I don't think it was that. He said how 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 we chose Randy Bullock every year still blows the mind. But I, I think it was uh was it Nugent after you or? or? Yeah, well, I, I don't think either one was chosen over me by any no means. no I no. I wouldn't say that. I'll put it. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say contract. I'll, the contract. the next one be yeah. The next one behind. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say that one. I, and, 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 and Mike was a great kicker and, you know, he had things happen in his career, just like I had things happen in my career that uh, make us human. And, and I, but I thought Mike did a great job for the Bengals. And honestly, I thought Randy overall did a great job for the Bengals. I know there's moments that people want to, you know, think back to, but, you know, Randy's a good friend of mine and um, you know, to, to know how certain things were for him, it's tough. I mean, he's a human being. So you have to think about these people actually have feelings just because they sign up for a job that. Um, well, that's that's one thing that I always try to tell everybody. I was like, just because they're an NFL player and they have a uniform and blah, blah, blah they're still human. <laughs> like sometimes people act like you guys should be robots or whatever, and they could say whatever the hell they want to you. And I'm like, that's not right. I mean, well, yeah. and, to, and to get there, to get there, to get to that elite level of right. being a pro athlete in general is, it's rare huge. and hard to do so right yeah and and you know what it it does it does help like i feel like my mental toughness and 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 a thick skin uh especially early on in my career i think developed a little bit more of a callus on my feelings per se but you know in the long run you don't know what other people are feeling like and i i just I just always think about that that other person you're thinking about as a human being as well, just right. like you are. And if you're going through hard things in your life and you're dealing with things outside of your job or with your job or whatever, um, just to say, well, they signed up for that. They knew what they were getting into. That's not fair because I, I think you're still a human being. And, um, you know, I just, Randy and I talk and text all the time and, and he's, you know, doing well in Tennessee. And, um, you know, I, I hope the best for him, but I know that he had, you know, he had some great, great times here when he was in Cincinnati and I know he did well for most part. And, you know, the, those moments that people look back on, um, you know, we're all human and it is what it is, exactly. but, um, 
stuff well, happened. I don't, I don't think that any of them were chosen over me. I don't know if there no. was timing involved with me being with another team or what at the time. So no, I don't. I don't think anybody. So you, you were, you were Golden Graham. Now I've, I've been. This is the one thing I wanted to ask you last time. Did you like that nickname or not? I mean, or, honestly, or you care. <laughs> here's the thing about nicknames. Nicknames should never be made up by the person. Right. Right. So, yes. I, 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 I didn't make mine up. Uh, Strawberry Ice. I was told, somebody called me that. I didn't, I didn't choose to call myself that. So. If I wanted the perfect nickname, I don't know what it would be. Right. But you know, I heard a bunch of them. Like uh, Dave down in security at the stadium, he always called me Sugarfoot. To this day, <laughs> to this day, when I go in and visit the Bengals uh, organization, the facility, I'll get clearance from security and I'll come through the same gate I went in as I was a player, and all of a sudden, over the loudspeakers in the tunnel underneath the stadium, there I'll hear "shh," <laughs> and it'll be him on the microphone uh, announcing me walking in the door. Oh, uh, this dude. literally happened like the Wednesday before the game when I was down doing a uh, a thing down on the field, helping set up for the uh, the track man system that they use for tracking the field goals. But uh, you know, Golden Graham, it, it's a cereal. It's a good cereal. <laughs> If they would have gave you some money, you would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, we, yeah, it would have been nice. Um, but, I'm calling I mean, you. I'm calling you Sugarfoot for now on. That's your name. I like well, that one. It is what it is. I mean, um, you know, and I think that stemmed off of Sugar Shane, which was a Sugar Shane Mosley. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but you know, Golden Graham. You know, gold is the medal you get when you win. Um, money Graham. I've heard that before. Um, I, I had a buddy and I think it was, um, uh, uh, in new Orleans, it was Mark Ingram who called me money Graham. And, uh, and he was, he'd always say money Graham guaranteed special delivery. <laughs> um, so, so names like that, that are complimentary are good. You know, there's, there's also been some other ones that aren't always as favorable, <laughs> right. but, um, but asshole, I feel like, asshole, that's usually not <laughs> ideal. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I've heard Shank Graham. I've heard yeah. other, you know, things. Yeah. But, um, you know, if, if you can tell, I've got, I've got Top Gun playing in the background there. Um, you, like, like the things they have, like their call sign. Yeah, yeah. Like those call signs are given to them mm -hmm. by other pilots. They, right. they don't actually pick out what their call sign is going to be. So I've never believed in, in, in like, you get to pick your nickname. Like, that's just, you can say what your favorite is that you've been called. Uh, but I don't believe there, I don't believe in like giving myself a nickname. But if you have as many as, as Joe Burrow does, I think he's pretty smart that he never picks any of them to be honest. To be honest, I think that's pretty smart because he's yeah. got 27 freaking nicknames. So, what I'm a jackpot. Best oh, yeah. friend, hey, best friend slut. I did not pick that. That just kind of came around. <laughs> Naturally. I don't know if that's actually a nickname. I don't know. Well, I, I, I do remember. I do remember. So, so Evan McPherson had a bunch of nicknames. You know, he had Money Mac. He had, uh, I don't remember all of them, but shooter, you know, shooter. he had shooter, shooter, you know, all those things. And I think Shooter stuck because I think uh, Clark really drove that one home to yeah. get that one. And then, you know, doing this after all the kicks. Yeah. when they That's, up that's why we call him Shooter because, you know, Dale's other best friend. Yeah. Yeah. The list is long but very distinguished, Shane. And, and you're on that list. So, you know, you should be happy. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a line from Top Gun, by the way. Uh, I, I was about to 
ex, uh, expand on it, but I decided not to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's let's kind of go back to Matt. Matt had this question, and and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but they had the thing with with Giovanni Bernard this past weekend. Which she apologized today. Yeah, she did apologize today. But he's, what's your take on how Gio was dealt with in Tampa? Do you have any run like that uh, in your career here? I mean, because Gio, he got blamed. He basically took the whole blame for the the muff punts. If you didn't see any of it, Shane, I don't know if you saw it or not, but had the I, muff I saw punt. I saw a little bit, and then I saw some highlights. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then the 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 reporters kind of ambushed him, and he's like, "Oh, now you want to talk to me? And talk to me all year?" And you know, so. Yeah, I'm honestly, I see both sides of it. Um, I see that they have a job to do, and their job is to get sound bites and 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 fill the air with you know and 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 the print and all that kind of stuff with content. So I understand that's what they're trying to do. I, I think the way you go about doing it needs to be a little more passive. I just right. felt like it was a little too little too aggressive and a little rude. And well, especially I feel if you're like, like a, a beat reporter, they're in there every day. I, I I don't I mean I don't know, but I feel like if I was a beat reporter, I would try to have a relationship with you guys. You know, not not, not to say you're friends or anything, but you hell talk to them when you're not on on the record or whatever. Yeah, so well, you know, you know, just and it's just how you talk to it, how you should talk to anybody. They the, the way they talk to him, I just I did, is how I yeah, don't like yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. They were talking down to him, and and I don't right. like that. Um, no. You know, I, I remember so many of the beat writers from Cincinnati that honestly, we still message on Twitter from time to time. Uh, some of them have asked me to do some little features with them, uh, and I still continue to communicate. Whenever I go back in the building and they're in the building, I still talk to many of them and have you know conversations outside of you know work. It's it's how's the family? How's everything going? What are you up to? Things like that. And I think it's very important to build those relationships because um, there is going to come a time when things aren't great that you, you know that that person respects you and they're in your corner and they're going to treat you the right way. And I don't think he ever gave anyone a reason to do that to him. So so that's what I'm I, I didn't like the, the, the tone with which it came out. And, you know, the there's also a time and place when a bad thing happens on the field and, and the player needs to be held accountable. And, and I can certainly think back to my last game as a Bengal where I missed a couple kicks in the playoff game that I should have made. And, you know, I, I was going through some things outside of football. That wasn't an excuse, but I wanted to just, just get out. And I came in, I showered, I wasn't looking for the reporters to come to me. I wasn't like, Hey, I'm ready. Come over here. Right. Um, and I, and I got out fairly quick and, and looking back on that, I do regret it. And I do, I have a publicly apologized as many times as I can for doing that. And anyone that holds any ill will from the media, um, I get it. I understand. And, you know, hopefully that bridge can be burned and, and, and move on from that. Uh, but but so many of the reporters um, from from those days that are still there and even many that have moved on that I still communicate with, uh, I, I value those relationships and friendships that I made with them. And, and I think that, that that's something that, that most players and reporters should do rather than making everything kind of cutthroat. What can I get for for content type thing? But the thing is, Shane, is people got to realize, again, I'll go back to the point where you, people got to realize that, that you're normal human being just like the rest of us <laughs> that, that's a lot of pressure to 
to go and, and if you messed up or whatever to sit there and okay yeah I messed up I did this sometimes you, I don't I don't blame you sometimes you just want to get the hell out of there I don't want to talk to anybody I mean I I understand that that's being a human dude I mean that's that's a normal response to be honest yeah I was just gonna say Jay Morrison kind of when he was in the locker room he covers for Cincinnati Enquirer and uh, that stuff and he said most of the players had already cleared out too when that happened with Geo so a lot of the players were oh. already gone. So that's one of those things he probably showered and then, you know, it was like he was just trying to get out of there. Too, Look like he's about to leave. To add, to add a little context to it, which made it a little worse. But like I said, she apologized. It seems sincere. And I'm sure Gio being the guy that we all think he is, will probably accept that. And hopefully, you know, that stuff won't happen going forward. But yeah, I, I didn't like it either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just—I mean, people. Like I said, so the reporters makes makes mistakes. The 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 players make. I mean, like I said, we're all human. It's a it's a it's it's a the human factor in just being a normal everyday person, and you just have to be in a public position. It, it, stuff happens. That's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So anyway, Shane, what have you got going on right now? I know it's freezing and snowing up there in Michigan. What do you what do you have going on right now? Have you have you? Because uh, I've had people ask me, you're like, well, the Shane, because uh, when you saw me at or I saw you at practice or a train camp this summer. Was, like, was he there working with Evan? Was he, I was like, I, was like, I don't know what he was doing. He was just, you came up and talk, which I appreciate. You came up and talked to me. I'm like, Oh shit. Hi. <laughs> like, you remember who I was? So I'm like, cool. But I mean, what, what do you, are you do, do any kind of work or anything with the Bengals at all? Um, I, I wouldn't say on, on a work level. No. I mean, um, I think my relationship with Evan is, is as being a, a mentor and former coach is one that, you know, I'm there for him as a person, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't think he needs me coaching him by any means. I mean, he can do things that I couldn't do in my prime. And, um, you know, that that is what it is. I think he's, he's, he's such a good person that I think that also helps him as a player. I think uh, Darren Simmons has got everything under control when it comes to, to their operation and all that. Um, now, most of most so my business, I, my business that I run is, you know, it's it's special teams in general. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's really kind of catching on and 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 was kind of to be expected was everything from private lessons to group lessons to uh, camps and things like that. So it's really been picking up. I mean, I get requests every day for for things and. You know, I'm going, I'm traveling down to Florida uh, after Christmas and I'm literally booked every day with multiple clients and then going straight from Florida. Florida, darn chain. I know. Uh, You You need a plus one? Yeah. (laughs) This time of year going to Florida for a while? We we can can be your ball boys and we'll we'll, we'll carry the balls around for you. The football, the football, carry the footballs around. Uh, Watch it, watch it rain the whole week. Yeah, Um, right. Exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, there's no like free time plan. I mean, I've literally got like booked out through the day, uh, every day. And then I'm flying straight from there to Dallas where I'm running a a thing with a company that's called the collegiate gridiron showcase. And basically we're doing on the sixth, we're doing a free agent combine type event where we have all the XFL, USFL, IFL, um, uh, some some NFL, not all the NFL at, at this event, but personnel departments, scouts are all going to be there, and we're just going to have a bunch of guys snapping, holding, kicking, punting, all that kind of stuff, just to give guys some chances to get more eyes on them that maybe have not been 
on a team or, ha- or maybe they're not on a team at the moment. Right. And so, so that's going to be a really good event. And then on the eighth is the really big event that they hold. They kind of run it in the format uh, of an all-star game, but it's kind of like a mock scrimmage. So NFL scouts are allowed to come to it. So we're allowed to invite any long snapper, any punter, any kicker that we want to come to it. So it's essentially like a pre-combine combine. Oh, wow. So, but we can invite guys that weren't invited to the combine. Right. So it gives guys a chance who maybe had great careers, but not all the exposure. Right. And, you know, guys that, you know, the, the combine is limited. I mean, I think sometimes there's maybe three kickers, three, four kickers, oh, yeah. Yeah. three, we, four punters. We went to Indy and there was only like for the, for the combine, and we, and we went the last couple of days. I think there's only two kickers there. That, yeah. That was it. So, so it can be limited as to who they feel deserves that opportunity. Right. Uh, so this is a chance. And uh, at this one, we will have all 32 NFL teams in attendance. Now the coaches won't be able to be there because their, their season's going to be either wrapping up or playoffs at that time, but we'll have player personnel departments and we'll have scouts uh, all there. And we'll also have, you know, coaches, player personnel, everything from XFL, USFL, IFL, um, What's the IFL? I never heard of that. Uh, I think it's just called the Indoor Football League. Oh, okay, kind of like yeah. the Arena League they used to be, or something like that. To a degree, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's going to be a really good event, uh, and that's something that you know is really kind of picked up since I started my business to kind of have like a nationwide type thing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I come home for a couple of days, spend some time with my wife, and then we'll. Uh, I'm going down to Birmingham for about a month to train a bunch of uh, pre-draft kickers and punters and snappers that are going to be getting ready for like the combine and things like that. Uh, So, so that'll be, you know, pretty intensive down there. And, you know, we've already got a bunch of guys, big name guys and other guys that are all going to be there to train. Um, And that's going to be kind of an all, like all day thing. Like in the morning you have this, at this time you have this. So it's kind of like a training camp for these guys. And we hold that at UAB, UAB's facilities, and we run a, a pretty tight ship there. Um, I partnered with people that have done this for a long time, so it's not like we're just throwing it all together. It's right, been organized right. and done year after year. Uh, they're just bringing me in on it because they see the value in that. And then, um, you know, in and out from time to time, I may, I may go from that place to – one of their facilities in Dallas or somewhere else to maybe get some work with some other guys that don't travel and stay regional. Uh, and then other than that, I've got some, uh, some conferences that I'm a guest speaker at. So there's some of that stuff I'm looking forward to, but uh, it's starting to pick up and I'm, I'm getting really busy. Um, and it's, it's, it's starting to really uh, show some, some signs of, of being promising for, for helping as many people as I can. I agree with Andrew here. That's awesome, dude. That, that's it cool. Is. Now, now one thing. Now, there doesn't time. There's any time in there for your best friend. So you guys are gonna have to wait a little while. That's all right. Time. That's all right. <laughs> he's gonna. I was just gonna say he's gonna need a lot of that coffee. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't, don't worry. Coffee is. Uh, there's two coffee makers in here. There's two <laughs> coffee makers in the kitchen. There's another coffee maker in the basement. You got like your road coffee maker, or you just grab one of those. This is yeah, because in my office I keep the road coffee, uh, the road cups. But uh, in the kitchen, I usually you know make a, a mug, and I've got a I've got a grinder that makes a pot, and then I've got a grinder that makes espresso. So I usually mix espresso uh, straight in with my black coffee, and uh, 
it's probably not good for my heart, but <laughs> I like the way it tastes and it's no juice. <laughs> there you go. Well, you don't have to tell me about things that aren't good for you. <laughs> exactly. To my body. Yeah, we're, we got that down. Yeah. Well, there, there's a time and place for that for me as well, and and I don't know that we're too far from that. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. Now, <laughs> is it EliteWinningSolutions.com? Is the, yes. the website. So anybody that wants to check that out, see when you're Shane's best friend, you got to remember these things so you can tell anybody at any time. EliteWinningSolutions.com. Check it out. Hit him up. He's going to be super busy right now, but you may be able to plan something for the spring, after the draft, into the summer when some more time opens up for this man a little bit. But he'll work with you. So yeah, and and it, it's cool because you know while I I will be traveling like during the winter especially because it's hard to get a lot of stuff done in Michigan with with the weather especially Grand Rapids because we get all the lake effect snow. But uh, I do have access to an indoor facility, but warm weather is always better. Um, if I travel, I just try to set up as many people to justify the traveling. So I'm not just going to work with one person, but I've also had parents fly me in. I stayed with the family, worked with their son all week. And then, you know, it was just a fee for that week or whatever. But, um, uh, at, at, at certain times people come here, my wife and I kind of run a, a football bed and breakfast where clients come in, stay in the house, we feed them so they don't have to worry about hotels and, and yeah. food, food expenses. So it's just, you know, and then I have a fee for that. But honestly, I work with people on, on what, what they can and can't afford and all that because I certainly understand what that was like, especially for me growing up. I had a lot of help along the way. But um, when, um, when, when this is starting to get bigger, like I worked with um, – just yesterday, I drove over to Ann Arbor and worked with Michigan's kicker and punter, who both are very high-level guys that are going to be playing on Sundays. Um, uh, Jake Moody actually won the Groza last year. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's yes, yeah. He, he, went, he went to Michigan, that, that school you don't like. That's yeah, that's I'm a high yeah. State fan, so when I'm like, you're working with Michigan, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I went to uh, Ohio State spring football last year and, and talked to their guys. Okay. Uh, University of Cincinnati, uh, Notre Dame. There were a few places I went last year, and, and this spring I'm sure there'll be a little bit of a tour as well. But uh, – but it's all starting to come together, and and, and it's um, it's it's not only does it keep my brain active so I don't go crazy uh, after retirement, but uh, it, it lets me feel like the relationships I build with the players, and it lets me be you know be involved with football and and get a chance to kind of check off a lot of the boxes that I thought I wouldn't be able to check off once I retired. So that that's what makes it the most fruitful and helping people. Now. Um... I know you coach for a while, so kind of with this, do you feel like you can help a lot more people? Is that kind of the big rewarding part? It gives you more time to help more people than focusing just on the one group. Absolutely. And and what's what's gonna become cool is the more relationships I make, the more that will will bring people to uh expose me to more people. Right. So I'm helping kids get scholarships, I'm helping kids get ready for for a potential NFL career. Uh, and even, even along those lines, you know, I deal with technique and form and all that kind of stuff. Like that's very intensive in what I do, but yet a lot of what I do is, is on mental performance is on situational awareness on having conviction in your technique and form so that you know it so well, you could teach it. Um, 
And then if a coach asks you a question about your technique and form, you can answer it not with, well, Coach Graham showed me, or well, I learned it when I was at camp in high school. You can say, well, I do this because, and this is why I do it, because I like the way it does this or whatever. Right. And so having conviction in your technique and form rather than just, that's just the way I did it growing up when I kicked a soccer ball, you know? Exactly. Now, I bring you to, to this question again for my son. He says, uh, Justin Tucker said uh, the AFC North has the hardest stadiums to kick in. Do you, do you agree with this? And if so, uh, where? 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 I guess which one's the hardest one? You know, there were two stadiums that I, I feel like most of us, and knowing so many other kickers around the league, there's a few stadiums that we all talk about. Uh, back in the day, it used to be Candlestick. Yeah. Because Candlestick had this weird, weird shape to it where it was half baseball field, half football field. It had this big lip that overhung the, the bleachers. So the wind would catch it and like curl under. And it created this weird circular vortex that was non-symmetrical because you had the, the home plate like point right. of that field. Mm-hmm. And then they had bleachers that stuck out that actually blocked the view of a bunch of other bleachers. It was this weird contraption they had out there. And then when the when the tides ro- rose and fall, the groundwater would actually come up and you could feel the field actually start getting wet. Really? Oh came up. So it was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. But um, So you, you started playing on a swap, basically. Well, it wasn't that bad, but you could just you could just tell like there was different than anything bad. else. Yeah. Yeah. So but Pittsburgh and Cleveland, I thought were were places that were pretty tough to kick in. Um, now Pittsburgh, the, they, they, I've heard it's like the the, the different end zones. One end zone is horrible; the other one's not as bad. Or, or is that true? Exactly. So, so the bench that the Bengals are on, if you look to the right, is a little more closed in, mm-hmm. and if you look to the left, that was the the ketchup bottle that yeah. you know, stupid thing that poured out whenever they got <laughs> that area or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Bottle, which, which, where are they going to do now? I don't understand. It's I don't even know. Money. I don't, dude. I don't even know what they call the stadium anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, don't I can't even. Show, is it Acroshore or something? Is that? It might be. I, I, I don't. Is know. that like a financial company or something? Probably. Most of these things seem like so they take like a in. piggy bank, and the piggy bank gets <laughs> over, and money falls down or something. When they get the exactly. I mean, that sounds goal. better than ketchup. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you kick a field goal, the piggy, the 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 quarter goes in the piggy bank every time when you when you nail. Yeah, gonna <laughs> trademark it, that. That could that could make money somehow, Shane. Yeah. So the 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 meeting of the three rivers happened right behind that ketchup bottle. So you know, first off, rivers don't create weather. So everyone says, "Oh, the weather off the river." No, the rivers don't create weather. But what it what there is is because it's so flat. Yeah. It allows wind to come over that ridge on the other side of the river. And that has time to kind of like come in on a flat with nothing imposing it before it gets there. So the wind usually comes in that open end of that stadium and it's just more free flowing. Mm-hmm. So it creates a little more havoc. I mean, for the longest time, no one had kicked a 50 yarder in that stadium. Really? I mean, I think I attempted one and hit the upright mm-hmm. and it would have been the first 51 yard or 50 plus yarder in that stadium. And now I think a few guys have done it, but, uh including probably Evan because he's kicked like more 50 yarders than yeah. I've kicked in my whole career in one season. 
Yeah, little asshole. asshole. That little crap. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, but, I, I, I taught you in college, and now you're doing this. Jeezel. Yeah, right. Uh, but the other end of the stadium is it's just a little more symmetrical, and, and, and it, the, the openings are smaller. And then Pittsburgh – I'm sorry, not Pittsburgh, but Cleveland, they have – it's not really open ends. It's just the openings are, are not equal. They're not symmetric. So – you have like these weird openings in, on the ends of the uh, end zones that kind of create a weird wind flow. And now it's on the side of a lake. And yes, there will be stronger winds coming off that lake than coming off of a river. Now, listen to you talk. It sounds, it's a lot, you have to do a lot of the same thing that golfers do when, when, when you're trying, trying to hit your tee shot or whatever. It's the wind, the, 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 the moisture off the grass, all, all that stuff. I mean, I think it's a lot of the same basic concepts am I, am I wrong on that or oh oh absolutely i mean and, and then you have to look at things on how soft is the grass is if it's cold the grass is usually pretty uh you know gets really stiff because of the freezing and all that now they've got heated coils underneath of most of the fields now so you don't have to worry about the fields freezing over but there you know there's times where you know, your cleats don't dig in very well. What, so you what about your cleats? I mean, because uh, I know a lot of people, well, they're, they're running or whatever, you know, they, they change to, to shorter ones or, or longer ones. Do you do you do the same thing as being, being a kicker? Oh, I, I would always – I packed like three or four different plant feet, hmm. different types of cleats. Um, I had two, three different kicking shoes because, one, I wanted to always have a backup in case my shoestring popped or, right. or a seam on the shoe popped or whatever. Um, you know, was very fortunate that, you know, one, the finances of, of playing, you could afford to buy more pair, but right, right, right. you know, Nike outfitted a lot of guys, Reebok had guys, you know, Under Armour, all that kind of stuff. Um, I had a Nike deal. So I always had plenty of spares and I would break them in in cycles in the off season. So I always knew they were good to go during the season. Um, but I would have a pair that would be like my backup pair. Then I had my game pair. Or, or set, and then I had the the ones that I didn't file the cleats down very much on in case it was really soft and churny out there. Mm -hmm. So that way I knew, like, I didn't have to worry about spinning out or anything like that in really uh, soupy grass. So would you have to change, like, I'm, I'm sure you would. It might be a stupid question, but you would you would change your cleats during the game. Like, say, say you know, it started raining like we're having now, and then it got cold and the, and the ground froze. You'd have to change your cleats in the middle of the oh. game, right? Oh, it's happened, yeah. But usually, what you do is, uh, I was always one of the first to get to the stadium. If, um, like, for home games, uh, I would get to the stadium as soon as we finished pregame meal. I would dip. I would go to the stadium. I'd be there before everybody. Uh, I'd go in the equipment room. You know, BS talk, joke around with some of the guys in the equipment room. Then I'd go get dressed. And I'd go out on the field, and I would walk the field, and uh, you know, pick out my target lines, do some mental, some mental exercise. And I would always just kind of prep that way. But because our field was standard turf, I always knew what I was going to wear. And, and I always had everything in my locker that I needed. You, so I never had to worry about it. You kicked when there's grass there too, didn't you? I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you did. So yeah. During that time, I had to pay attention to that. Yeah. But then when you go to an away game, I have to pack all this stuff in our travel bag. So I've always got everything for that. But then that that early, like if the buses don't leave early enough for, for my liking, I would try to get permission to 
uh, go over with the training staff or go over like in the, in the van or mm. whatever early. And then sometimes it had to deal with it. I went with the first bus and I would just get ready a little quicker and I would go out and I would kind of take out a couple pairs of shoes to see which ones kind of worked best on that field. And then I always thought, well, what could happen during the game? And I would take like what I expected to potentially happen. I would take it out there and then I would kind of test it out as the game goes. Cool. So you were pretty prepared by the time the game started because of what you did in pregame. That's awesome. And, and now is that advice you give to other kickers as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the amount of obsessiveness you have to have, um, <laughs> it's pretty hard to just be a fly-by-the-seat type right. person and be a successful kicker. You have to pay attention to so many details. And, and I think that's why Darren Simmons and I got along so well is – not only did we both bring that, but I probably even learned a little bit from him about how to be that way as well, which I then apply to not only life, but to, you know, coaching and, and getting into the business I'm doing now as well. I got another one here from uh, Crip here. He says, uh, <clears throat> is there any rule changes that can help kickers in the future of the game? Uh <sighs> I don't know that there's going to be anything that's going to help us. If, if anything, it seems like all the rules are trying to get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. Seems like it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, the rules are getting to a point where like for kickoffs, like there's all this, there's a little bit of an argument, to just get rid of them, you know? And, and, and I think that's something that's a shame to do because, I mean, every play has a chance of getting injured on it. Right. So to get rid of it for that reason, you're taking out a very potentially explosive play mm -hmm. that it's a competitive thing that it accounts for a lot of change in yard and uh, field position. And mm -hmm. I just think that that's, you know, coaching a play instead of it being in a, in a, you know, a small, you know, line of scrimmage box versus coaching a play on the whole field on 70 yards of the field where, you know, guys are blocking in a space of 30, 40 yards to get to their assignments. Uh, it just creates a whole new dynamic that to me, I just, I, I find it exciting. I find it uh, interesting. And now, were, were you, were you in the league when they, when they pushed the field goals, their extra points back? Were you, were you in the league? I, I was, yes. Yeah. That was in 2014. I believe. Now, how hard was that to adjust to? I mean, I know you kick field goals, but I mean, you know, field goal could be from you know fifty yards to, to twenty yards. But I mean, well, the, extra point, the, you know, there there was no adjustment except for you just have to treat it like a field goal. Right. And and, and honestly, you'll notice how some teams kick them from the hash mm -hmm. instead of the middle of the field, mm -hmm. and that's almost like a mental thing, so that they treat it like a field goal instead of that mindset of the PAT used to get a little you know taken for granted. I believe, right? And guys would get a little lazy with their focus. And guys could think of like that PAT as almost like a warm up kick for a field goal. Um, now you see guys kick them from the middle, but you see a lot of guys kick them from the hashes just so they can kind of get that like this is a field goal mentality. So now, can I, I was going to say we were talking about kickoffs, and um, it seems like it's almost I, I, Evan's got such a leg. It seems like the Bengals are intentionally kicking short to me, but I don't know that it could be it's later in the year, whatever. But I mean, there were so many times in that second half of that Bucks game. Yeah, we created turnovers, but we were pinning them in the 10, 15 yard line because we were kicking it just enough to where that guy wanted to return it. 
and then our guys was right on it. Nailed. Did, did, were you able to watch that game, and do, is that a strategy, and is that what you think is going on? Uh, so, so I can give a blanket statement on this. I, I, I have not asked Darren, nor if I had asked Darren, I would not give the intel that he answered. But right. yeah. uh, I know league-wide that is very common. That that is a thing where they try to hang the ball up, make the returner make a decision, and then when you hang it up, make the returner make a decision. You give your team a better chance to pin the ball inside the twenty-five, whereas touchbacks give you the twenty-five yard line. And if you get you know four, five, six kickoffs in a game, let's just say you shave off five yards of every tackle by pinning them inside the fifth, inside the twenty-five, inside the twenty. That's called hidden yardage. All those hidden yardages add up to first downs. All those first downs add up to points. So somewhere down the line, it all kind of trickles down into helping your team. Yeah, it's funny. We were me and my son were, were sort of rewatching a Bengals game that that you were all, you, you played. It was the 09 uh, Chargers game out in San Diego, and he had never seen the run up to 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 the kickoff. He goes, "Oh, that's what that was like." I said, "I, I didn't even think." I'm like. Oh yeah, you never saw that. My, that's, yeah, that's where they they used to do it. Yeah. Now, you, do you think that has? I mean, yes, we got to get the concussions out, which you're never going to get the concussions out. And you, you like you said, they're trying to get rid of the kickoff, which I hope they don't. Do you think the run up has made that big of a difference as far as collisions uh, go, or what's your opinion on that? It's it, it's weird. It's like it's like the NFL can't make their mind up. Do we make it harder on the kicking team, or do we make it harder on the return team? Right. It's it's like they can't figure out which one they're trying to to give the advantage. At first, it was uh, they moved it. There were all these things because they wanted to create more returns, and then it's they want to make it easier for touchbacks. But then they want to make touchbacks go to twenty five instead of twenty. There were so many things they're doing. It's like, okay, let's stop virtue signaling here and actually like make a decision and stick with it. To be honest with you, right? But um. That run-up, yeah, yeah, because it's like running a 40. If you were to run a 40-yard dash, you, you know, you'll run a – well, for me, I'd run a four-ever. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think at my fastest, I ran like a 4.9. I don't know. Maybe a 4.8-something. But those guys, if you give them a five-yard running start and you hit the clock when they cross the starting line, it's going to shave off a lot of time. Just because you've got that momentum already going, and that's the whole point of just trying to make it um, less speed. But the thing is, is after five yards, they already get that same amount of speed. They're just delaying when the contact happens down the field. I think so. I think that gives the return team an advantage. But then they took all the return team and forced them to put eight guys up in the box, up on that front fifteen yards, or maybe even ten yards. And then you only get to have a, a few guys back behind that for the for the big cross field potential knockout blocks, which they've eliminated the blindside block in college. I don't know if they eliminated in uh, NFL or not, but you can't have a running start and like knock a guy out. You have to go hands first, right. so you don't like lunge into him with your helmet and shoulder. You got to kind of be under control. And then you, they eliminated double teams in the backfield, so now like. If, if one guy from the back back end of the kickoff is blocking a guy and one of your other players runs past him and just touches him, it's a flag, well, even, if it's of, even if it's accidental. 
you know, that kind of, uh, if they're if, like Dale was saying, that you're the directional kicking into the corner. To me, you're still getting, you're in a smaller area where you have more guys that can come in and, and, and hit them. So to me, the way they figured out how to do it, you're still going to have collisions and it's going to be in a smaller area now. So, oh yeah. And, and, that's by, and that's by design. I mean, uh, special teams coaches want to squeeze and condense the field to a small funnel mm -hmm. so that it gives less room for the returner to get through spaces. And I mean, there's a reason why the only time you ever see kickoffs down the middle is when the kicker can either guarantee he's going to put it out of the end zone or preseason when they're actually trying to evaluate who can run down and tackle. Mm. Other than that, everything's directional, trying to get it out to the numbers. Interesting. What do you got, Dad? Look like you're you're gonna say something. You got anything or no? no he, he just he's just hanging out there. My All right, wife's so messaging me. <laughs> All right, so Shane, you're talking about uh, getting blown, blowing people up, and you know, getting blown up on the on the plane. Have you? Do you uh, be here goes. Uh, do you ever remember getting blown up or blowing someone else up on a kickoff? Shane was a great tackler. My best uh, friend was a great tackler. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So there, there were there were a few times where I did have some tackles where I thought, like, man, I, I got it, I got him good. Now. Go back on Monday, watch the film. Maybe I changed my mind about how good I got this person. Wow, lit his ass up. Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe that good. Maybe, maybe even gave him the old back shoulder stank eye. Like, <laughs> like yeah, take that. And I walked away. And then I then I look on the film and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, funny, my first tackle ever was Steve Smith when I played for Buffalo in 2001. And Carolina was playing us up in Buffalo on the old AstroTurf. And I tackled him on the sideline. That year, he had already had like two or three, two touchdowns maybe. He had had a really good year. And I tackled him on the sideline. And I, and I, I mean, I go in, you know, solid body to body, not, not diving at his knees or anything. And I was like, it was like, I got my bell rung. Probably had a concussion, just wasn't diagnosed. Well, you hit concrete. That's what was underneath the AstroTurf. Well, well, that was the second hit. The first hit was him. And if you know Steve Smith, he's solid. Like yeah. he's like, he's solid. So I deflected off of him and bounced off the turf. And then I kept spinning and skidding and sliding on the turf. Like I was on ice. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, everybody's beat me on the head after the play. I'm like, yeah, I got him. I looked at that on film. He didn't even fall down. He just fell out of bounds. It don't matter. It don't matter. That's Steve Smith. That's yeah. Steve Smith. <laughs> That's tackle impressive. Steve Smith. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Take that, yeah. Steve Smith. You yeah. fucking little bitch. Yeah. No, yeah. No, Shane no, got no, your no. ass. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is. It, he's not watching the show, Shane. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the key to that was I learned how to, you know, leverage the sideline as a 12th defender and, and be able to use, you know, angles and everything to my advantage. Uh, there were a couple tackles on uh, – Josh Cribbs and, and Cleveland, I thought, were pretty good hits. Uh, I, I took one head on with Ruben Drones one time, who was in Cleveland at the time, but he was a big 200. Yeah, he's a 20 yeah, pound he's a big running guy. back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, did, that didn't feel good. Uh, <laughs> but the biggest, the biggest hit I ever took was it was preseason 2014. I was with New Orleans, we're playing the Rams. And this was back when you, that your back line guys that formed the wedge, which 
you weren't allowed to do wedges at, at, at or maybe you could only do a two-man wedge at the time. I don't remember. But that's when you had like they were lead blockers for the run for the returner, happened to be like a, an offensive lineman. And oh you know, like an athletic offensive lineman or maybe a, a defensive end or something. Ooh, but they were a big, it was a three three hundred pound guy. Right. So the field opens up, they're running through, he's got a lead blocker. And I know at this point, like, I can't pick a side. I have to take on the block. Because if you pick a side, the returner just runs around it, barely even breaks stride, full go, home, you know, home run. Right. Uh, so I decide I'm going to take on the blocker, slow the running, slow the returner down so that maybe help can get to him in time. I took on the blocker five to seven yards back. I'm on my back. He didn't fall down. He hit me, maybe took two or three steps. I, like Darren Simmons actually texted me the next day talking about how much they were laughing at that in their meeting because he's like, yeah, I'm watching, watching through the games. I see this play. He's like, what were you thinking? Because I get hit and I'm like stumbling back like a cartoon, like backwards until I finally fall. Is there a video of this on YouTube? (laughs) What's that? Is there video of this? Oh, I yeah, I don't know. I, well, you, you know, you know, it's gonna have Dan's gonna clip it, clip this part out, and put the YouTube video. To, to you. <laughs> but it's preseason, Shane. What were you thinking anyway? Yeah, was, well, he was trying to make a play, Dale. I, but it, it was funny. Now, I actually ended up. Uh, I did get uh, diagnosed with a concussion and pulled out of that game because I of that. Bet you did. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, there, there were probably plenty of times I had concussions, but in in the comparison to what all these other guys get, it, it was nothing. And I mean, people, people, you know, you were just a kicker. You never hit. And, and, and especially when people want to do that on social media, I try not to engage on negative stuff. But one person was talking a bunch of smack one time and I said, well, I've tackled 31 NFL time, uh, had 31 NFL tackles. How many did you have? Yeah. Uh, what now? What now? <laughs> there you go. That's how you do it. But but that was actually like that's that that got me pumped up more honestly. Like making a tackle was more of like a like a thing to like feel pride over yeah. than than just making a regular kick. Now game winners, that's different. That that's no, a different yeah. level. How many, how many game winners did you? have? I know I had the stats last time. I don't remember right now. I had them all written down last time. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe six, seven, eight. I. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It, it, it was a good amount. <laughs> I'll, t- yeah. I'll tell you that. I, I think I ended up missing. I think I missed three. One I of see them. Was, you, you probably could nail the ones you missed. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I missed a uh, 39 yarder against Pittsburgh at the end of the 06 season. Uh, game was tied. We went into overtime, maybe. Or maybe I just missed it and we lost. I don't remember. Um, I missed one against Philadelphia in the first tie game, a 46-yarder. McDonald didn't know we ended a tie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know what? He's not the only one. There's a whole bunch of us that were like, well, let's keep playing. Why why we stop? Uh, Because no one had ever had that. In in most of our playing careers, we had never had a tie, so we just didn't know any better. Right. and then I think I missed a 62-yarder against Tampa 
I don't uh, maybe 05, 04, I don't remember what year. It was one of the earlier games in the season. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, it was 06. Uh, 06, I missed that, that, uh, that's just uh, Smith got that. No, Justin Smith got that roughing the quarterback. Yes. Uh, that was a horrible call. Oh. oh, my God, that was terrible. I still remember that. I'm like, what? Are you, what? It was what? like the perfect form tackle, and it wasn't even all that rough. Right. And that would have ended their drive. We would have won the game. Yes. I I remember that. You brought that up. See, you start bringing stuff back up to me. I'm like, I remember that part. So yeah. I, I got another one here. I, now, this is my son. He's got a lot of questions for you. I, I don't, even, don't even know what he's talking about. Maybe you do. So how big a deal – was the Raiders kickoff scandal with the ball being held on the tee to give more hang time? Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, yeah, I do know what he's talking about. Okay. Oh my. Uh, all right. So typically, I'm going to use a coffee lid as a tee. There we go. So if you see this here, you see there's an indentation in there, right? Right. Okay, so if that's the kickoff tee, you sit it down in the indentation. Mm -hmm. Well, what they were doing was essentially putting it up on top of it like this right? and holding it. And that gives you about a three-quarter inch-ish, uh, half an inch or so extra height. Well, if you don't kick, you may not understand how much of an advantage that can give you, but the NFL for a reason went from a two inch kickoff tee to a one inch kickoff tee uh, back in the early, maybe in the nineties at some point, right? Just to try to like cut down on touchbacks or whatever. Um, now they want you to touch back all the time. <laughs> what's that? And now they want you to do a touchback all the time. Don't they? Yeah. Don't and, and, and honestly, as kickers, we all adapted to it. And we actually right. realized we can hit the ball a little more like solid. And, and, and But now because they want to get some hang time and hang the ball like to the goal line or whatever. Right. Uh, they kind of found a loophole that there was no language that stated you couldn't do that. Hmm. Whereas technically it's illegal. But I don't know if there's any technical language that states that that you can't do it. So if it hasn't been fixed by the rules committee, they're going to address it. Like there's, there's no way they don't address that. Now I got another question for you. And the, I was watching the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, Miami game. And I didn't think you were allowed, the players are out there sweeping the snow off the field. Yeah. I, I didn't think you were allowed to do that. Apparently you are. Is, I mean, is, is you're not a allowed to use a foreign object. So you can't use a towel. Oh, so they used their hands or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember what was back in the 70s, early 80s, <laughs> the Patriots had a guy come out with a, a big the brush. brush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just ro rolled it that out was so it was nice and clean. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was like the 70s or early 80s. I don't remember exactly yeah. when that happened. Uh, no, I've, I've had games where um, I've played in snow games where we had, and, and Bilicek, we would actually practice it so that. The guys knew before the offensive linemen would line up in their positions, they'd run back and have me direct traffic. Like, hey, I need this spot wiped off. I need this spot wiped off. And they'd wipe off where the ball was going to be held and planted. And they'd wipe off the spot where my footprints were going to hit on the way to the ball. Now, can and you wipe the ball off? What's that? Can you wipe the ball? If they hand you the ball and it's snowing or raining, can you wipe that off before you put it on the tee? Well, for field goals, they're – there's no tea. Oh yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you, all right. So can you wipe it off before you, before uh, 
It gets hiked or anything, which uh, that will make it. Well, usually, anyway. usually during games like that, the ref will kind of hold the ball to like keep it and then put it down at the last second so it doesn't right. gather so much snow or anything on it. Um, right. And then the snapper, I'm sure, can do a little bit of that before he puts yeah. it in his grip to snap it. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw guys down there doing that, and I actually remembered a couple games back it was really wet somewhere. And they had the holder take his towel off his belt and rub, wipe off the water from the grass or whatever. Um, and he got a flag for it, and people didn't understand it. And even I was like, "Wait, what's going on here? It's a foreign object. If it's if it's part of your if it's part of you, like your hand, even your if you have gloves. a glove on, I think you can do it. Yeah. But yeah, what about gloves? Yeah. Um, I thought I had that same question, but apparently, since it's the shape of your hand, it's considered, you know. It's just like I guess a golfer is not allowed to touch something with their glove on, but they take the right. glove off. They can. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 common. You just don't see many snow games. But that's that's good coaching to have guys out there doing that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got anything else? He's been, Shane's been on for an hour. And I know you, you got your show coming up. No, I don't want to keep him any longer. He's a generous guy with his time. We all know exactly. that. Exactly. And he's a busy man. He's got a lot going on with EliteWinningSolutions.com. Check it out, Elite Winning Solutions. Book him. He does great. He does great things. You do average things. He does great things. Love you. I <laughs> love you guys. Thanks for having me. See you, Dale. Good day. Good day. All right, Shane. So, yeah, tell if you want to plug uh, your your uh, your uh, your your uh, business again here for it. And if, if if anybody here in the Tri-State area has uh, aspiring kickers or special teams players, you know, how, how do they, how do they get a hold of you and, and, and get into some of these, uh, uh well, my website has a contact me, uh, form and it, it comes directly to my phone. It comes to my computer, it comes to my iPad. Um, I'm pretty good at getting back. And at least if I can't deal with it at that very moment, uh, I either set up a phone call or set up, you know, messaging with this person to, uh, have direct contact after that. Uh, and try to figure things out. And then, you know, even if it's in Cincinnati, if I can put together, you know, something, we get a few guys to come together where it makes sense to make a trip just for that. You know, that's something we put together. Um, I think that uh, the more the more people that I'm able to help, it's not a financial thing. It's trying to help as many people as I can be better so they can reach higher goals. And I believe that, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to have that help along the way. So that's that's kind of part of the reason I have this passion to do this. Well, absolutely. It's it's called pa- passing it on, paying it forward, whatever. I mean, the stuff that, you know, the stuff that you learned to, to get you into to the NFL for, for your long career, it, you know, it's better to, to pass it on to somebody else. Plus, it gives you something – that gives you something to do. But you're passionate about football. You're passionate about kicking. So you be able to put that on to, to other players, and hopefully they flourish and – Get into college and, and the NFL and stuff like that. I mean, I think that that's got to bring uh, pride to you when, when that when that happens or when it starts to happen. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and you know, there's a lot of people out there that that have passion and train kickers and all that. And you know, there's a lot of uh, you know territory marking that goes on and and people who want to attach their names to people that become successful and, and the claim game and all that. Right, but right. Um, it's not about that. It's about what what can I what can what can you absorb from me that will actually help you get there? And, you know, the more guys that are at that level to make it more competitive, to, to make, you know, the, the number one guy and the number two guy even better than they were before, 
then then that's what I want to be able to do is affect people so that they they're not only their physical ability but their mental ability uh, through the lessons that I've learned through success and failures uh, can pass on to them. Absolutely, that that's awesome, and it, it just I, I just like everything you said here. You know, it's more of uh, the human element of of of, of people that I, I wish. Just because you were a professional athlete doesn't mean you're above or better than anybody else and you're, you're willing to help people out. I, I think that's great, Shane. I, I really do respect the, the hell out of that. So, and I, again, I thank you for coming on the show. This second time you came on, like I said, next time I actually see you at practice, I won't be so weird about it because I was like, wow, you're actually talking to me. So, <laughs> so I, I appreciate that, man. So we'll have to keep in touch. And uh, next time you're in town, I, I got to get you some of this beer. It's good stuff. Awesome. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, go Jacksonville and who day, man. Boom. <laughs> All right, guys. Go check his website out if you are interested in getting uh, your child or anybody into special teams. He's got a lot of stuff going on. He's a very busy man. Trust me, he will answer you back. It just might take him a little while because lots of people are trying to get a hold of him. So, all right, let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream, and I appreciate every single one of them. They are Houday Nation, Houday Legion, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ohio State Bucknuts, Radical Reds, and the Ice Bar. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I will be pulling off the sound later on tonight, putting on podcast. I didn't get yesterday's show on the po- on the podcast. I will get today's on. So if you missed anything of this interview with Shane Graham, go check it out. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now and it's on Apple, do me a favor. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, we're at 2,009 subscribers. You guys are awesome. You know, I love you guys. I say it every show. I won't be able to do any of this without you guys. So by my heart. Who day? Let's go, Jacksonville. They win tonight. The Bengals clinch a playoff spot, but that is not the goal. The goal is the division, and then the goal is the Super Bowl. It is in sight. Everything the Bengals have worked for is in sight. This is awesome. I love football. I love you guys. Ready? Say it with me. And that's just sports, baby. See ya! In our veins, sparks gonna fly The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who day we ignite in us Cincinnati, we gon' rise in us In the jungle, we unite in us Drippin' orange and black and white Who day when we fight, live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, every game day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash In the jungle, drippin' heat the city streets, east side, stand up, west side, stand up. If you rapping, who they? Time to put your hands up. Bingo stripes, we in it. New day, new age, yeah, we get it. Cincinnati jungle fitted. Who they in our house, we win it. Orange and black and white, we build it. Earn our stripes, you know we kill it. Bleed our colors, jungle dripping. Nasty natty, yeah, we live it. Lit the crowd, get the city loud. Yeah, we feasting now. Fit the pounce, make the city howl. Now we beastin' now. Thunder through the tunnel from the sideline to the huddle. Strikes be tatted on the jungle when we flex that.